Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can find me on Twitter at FPL General. Game Week 5 is behind us and it was a big one for a lot of people, particularly those who invested in the Harry Kane, the Kyungman Sun double up, while Bruno Fernandes and Timo Werner came good for those who remain faithful to those guys. Van Dijk picked up a nasty injury, which begs more questions about our investment in the Liverpool defence. 4.5 million forward Rian Brewster didn't get the start we thought he would. Aston Villa churned out another clean sheet and Raul Jimenez picked up a very fortunate 8 points against Leeds. There's Champions League and Europa League action this week ahead of a Friday FPL deadline, so it's a good week to be patient with your transfers. Liverpool, Man City, Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham and Leicester are all in action Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. Usual format for the podcast, 59th minute shoutouts, a quick review of Game Week 5, a watchlist update, Twitter questions, Game Week 6 captaincy and transfers, plus a short bonus section this week on FPL and mental health. If you're not yet an Athletic subscriber, take advantage of the £1 a month sign-up offer which is still available, but probably won't be for much longer. The content on there is top-notch and helps a lot in managing a fantasy team. The link is theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod. You get ad-free versions of this podcast on there as well. We have a new member to the 59th Minute Club. Welcome, Ben Godfrey from Everton. This is another one of those of my favourite shoutouts because he came off the bench to get 59 minutes. He only got one point on his Everton debut. So go grab a seat, Ben, in the corner alongside Harry Winks, Callum Robinson, Ethan Ampadu and Granite Xhaka. Just please make sure... You stay two metres away from those guys at all times. So that's five members in the club now. Callum Robinson is actually in there twice. So keep an eye in game week six for more of those 59th minute substitutions. A quick review of game week five. How did it go for me? It was a very good one. I went into the game week. I took a minus four. So I have to thank Pep Guardiola and Brendan Rodgers for being open in their press conferences. Pep said KDB wouldn't feature. Brendan Rodgers said Jamie Vardy was a doubt. So that was enough for me to take the minus four because I didn't have any players on my bench that I would have been happy to use in game week five. So I got rid of KDB, I got rid of Vardy and I brought in Son and I brought in Kane and I gave Kane the armband. So very good game week, 82 points with the minus four. It was a total of 78. Going back to those transfers, if those managers weren't open, if Pep was a bit sketchy about KDB, if nothing came out about Vardy being a doubt, I, I would have banked my transfer and I would have captained Mohamed Salah and I would have got nowhere near 82 points. So I'm feeling quite fortunate. The FPL gods were definitely on my side in game week five. So it's nice when you're on the right side of that uh, when, when more often than not we're on the wrong side as FPL managers I think it was also a good example of why waiting until Friday to make your transfers is a good idea particularly this season with Covid cases popping up all over the place especially in an international break as well we've seen quite a few players drop out of squads in game week 5 because of international issues so again like I said last week, this week from now on if you can be patient with your transfers until the end of the week because issues will pop up and you may have to be forced into minus fours that you might not have taken if you just had that little bit of patience. 
78 points brings me to a total of 333 points. My rank went from 294k to 172k, so I'm obviously very happy with how my start of the season has gone. The good and the bad, I'll start with the good. Kane, Captain 32, Son 13, Salah 7, Cavert Lewin 6, Robertson 6, despite Liverpool being disappointing at the back, Robertson keeps bringing home those points. Charlie Taylor, nice to get a clean sheet from him. Annoying that he got a yellow card, but I will not complain about five points from a Burnley defender. James Rodriguez got four, got the assist for Michael Keane, picked up a yellow card, but I will take it. Four points is a lot better than two points. So seven out of my 11 delivered points this week. The bad, Ramsdale, three points. Five games now, no clean sheets. He is on the chopping block, as I will talk about when I get to my transfers. Alexander-Arnold, one point. 7.5 million for this guy. He's averaging three points a game this season. Not good enough, Trent. So I don't think I'm going to sell him. I'll come to him when it comes to the questions. Very hard to sell when it's Sheffield United at home next, which should be a clean sheet. So I think it's fine to keep him for that one. But yes, I wouldn't stop anyone from selling him after that. James Justin, just two points there. And Potence, very frustrating watching that Leeds game. Three points from Potence. Started to come into the game in the start of the second half. And then Nuno decided to take him off. I was I was swearing at the television. But again, I can't really be too angry because in hindsight... You know, I should have seen that coming because when you buy a player like Potence, when there's Potence, when there's Neto and when there is Triori, you've probably got three players there for two spots. You're always going to be looking at early substitutions and possible benchings as well. So Potence is a slight issue, but I will come back to him when it comes to questions and transfers. A watch list update now. Players I've added to the watch list this week. I will start with Aston Villa. Two defenders, because most of the Aston Villa team are already on my watch list from last week. Defenders this week, Matt Target at 4.5 million and Esri Konsa at 4.6 million have both been added. Villa have, I think it's three clean sheets in four this season. And going back to the end of last season, I think they had quite a few clean sheets there as well. So this partnership of Mings and Konsa, coupled with a very good goalkeeper behind them now is churning out quite a few clean sheets so they're they've probably looked the best team defensively this season so we've got to look at them for FPL and they're very cheap target of 4.5 I like him he gets forward he's taken a few set pieces as well Konsa is a big threat from those corners and free kicks he scored in game week two he should have scored against Leicester at the weekend so I like him as well it's quite hard to split those two and when it's hard to split two players, I tend to go for the fullback rather than the centre-back. So Target is probably the one I go for. He's 0.1 million cheaper there as well. But I think both are very good options. Aston Villa have very good fixtures over the long term as well. Next up, Chelsea. Havertz at 8.4 and Werner at 9.3 million have both been added to my watch list again, having been removed a few weeks ago. Chelsea are getting their groove together in attack. I think Pulisic being back is huge for the likes of Havertz and Werner. And obviously Werner, it's much better FPL-wise when he's playing through the middle, as we've seen against Southampton. Two goals, one assist, three bonus points. So well done to those of you who stayed patient. You got your reward. I think he's a very good option now going forward. Havertz I like as well. Pulisic is already on the watch list from last week. So I think all three are viable options. Throw Ziyech into the mix when he comes back. 
and I think you've got a very exciting strike force. They're probably not gonna probably not gonna keep many clean sheets. I think I heard a stat somewhere this week that Lampard, since taking over Chelsea, I think he concedes 1.5 goals a game. So that really puts me off the Chelsea defenders. Um, so it's the attackers I'm looking at here. Last three games, Havertz has returned points of five, six, and seven. And I think most importantly, he's played 90 minutes in all three of those games as well. So he's a better option now than he was in the first few weeks. Werner also, and Pulisic is always a very exciting FPL option. So take your pick of those three, really. Moving on to Fulham. I didn't think I would be adding a Fulham player to my watch list this soon, given what happened in the first couple of game weeks. But Adamola Lukman at 5 million looked very good at the weekend. A great goal against Sheffield United. He also put in a super cross, which Mitro should have scored. So it could have been a goal, assist, and probably more bonus points for Lukman in this one. He could be very good value at 5 million, going on what I've seen of him. We know this guy is a very talented player. Leipzig didn't sign him for no reason. He hasn't played enough games over the last couple of years, but this could be his season. Fulham is probably a good fit for him at this stage of his career. 0.1% ownership. If you're looking for a cheap midfielder, consider Adamola Lukman now. Spurs defender. I don't know if I want to buy a Spurs defender because they're not keeping clean sheets, but Sergio Regulon, the new left back, was very impressive in that West Ham game. 5.5 million. It's quite expensive, but it could be worth it this season. He got a great assist for Kane's header. He passed the eye test. He looks great going forward. There's always the slight concern. Ben Davis is probably going to play a few games. Um, we could see a better rotation like we've seen with Aurier and Doherty on the right-hand side. But my guess is, you know, from what I've seen of Regulon, he's much better going forward than Ben Davis. So I think Mourinho will probably use him as much as fitness persists or fitness allows him to do so. Um, Spurs clean sheets, like I said, are a worry. But I think at 5.5 million, when Spurs have good fixtures, Regulon should be a good pick this season. Personally, I'm probably just going to stay away from it just because of that slight, slight risk of rotation. I would prefer it a lot more if he was 5 million rather than 5.5. Final player added to the watch list this week. It's a big one. Sergio Aguero. 10.4 million. Cheapest he's ever been in FPL. He got 64 minutes at the weekend. I don't think any of us expected him to be back this early. Hopefully they haven't brought him back too early. It's likely that Pep will slowly build his fitness. So we can probably expect 60-70 minute appearances over the next couple of weeks. Be interesting to see if he plays Champions League this week. If he doesn't, I think he's a better option for game week six. Jesus is out. It seems like Jesus is going to be out for months rather than weeks. So that is a good sign for Aguero. We've always said as FPL managers, when it comes to the Man City strikers, if one of them's injured, just buy the other one. Don't overthink it. So once Aguero is up to speed, I think he will be a very good option. There's a question about him, I think, in the question section. So I will come back to him. A couple of players removed this week, not many. Red Charlison is gone after, you know, he's going to be out for three games now. I've removed the Leeds midfielders as well, Klitsch and Harrison, after watching that game last night. Klitsch is just very dependent on penalties. I don't see an awful lot of points from him from open play. Uh, Harrison as well. I just think with Harrison, there's probably better FPL options at the moment in that price bracket. Just to name a few, Jorginho, John McGinn, St. Maximin, and possibly even Lookman now as well. I'd probably rather all four of those players rather than Harrison at the moment. So that's the watch list covered ahead of Game Week 6. 
Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. Thanks as always to everyone who sent in the Twitter questions. Just 155 replies this week to that tweet last night. So I've gone through them and as always I've picked out 10 questions that will cover the main talking points ahead of the next game week. First one comes in from FPL Strategist, a very good FPL Twitter account. Go and follow it if you're not already. What are your thoughts on Liverpool defence assets in light of A, the Van Dijk injury, and B, so many points being scored by midfielders and forwards relative to last season? What are my thoughts on the Liverpool defensive assets now? So obviously Van Dijk out is huge, coupled with Alisson. Quite simply, it's probably easy easy to avoid Liverpool defence now because of that. But what I will say is Robertson, to me, I've watched a lot of Liverpool games this season. And Robertson, to me, is still the best. He's probably the best FPL defender after five game weeks on the eye test. He is, he's not doing much defending, to be honest, which is probably, uh, you know, is having an impact on those goals being conceded by Liverpool. He's spending so much time in the box. He's getting loads of touches in the box. He's basically playing like a forward, a winger slash forward when Liverpool are in attack. So even though Van Dijk is gone now and Alisson is probably a couple of games away, it's not in my mind whatsoever to sell Andrew Robertson because I think he's he's just been too good this season. And even though they haven't been keeping the clean sheets, look at his points. He's getting four, five, six points a lot of weeks you know, without the clean sheets. And I think he's going to score more goals this season than he, than he ever has in a season if he continues to play in the position he's, he's in and, and, and particularly at the weekend he's got a great link up, link up with Sadio Mane Mane should have had another goal which would have been another Robertson assist in that game now I've got Trent as well and I think it's a different story here Trent like I said he's only averaging three points a game this season it's just he doesn't he's not justifying his price tag and we, we can say you know I said at the start of the season I, I was hoping to own both of these players for the whole season but you've got to play the season that's in front of you and you've got to be flexible. And at the moment, the double up is not its not worth it. So my thinking is keep Robertson and sell Trent. But I'm not going to do it before Sheffield United because that should be a clean sheet. So hopefully a double clean sheet there for those two guys. I think it's Everton—it's West Ham at home then afterwards. So again, a good fixture on paper. But I would actually fancy West Ham to score against Liverpool in that game with the likes of Bowen and Tony on Fornals playing well. So... I think I think you keep you can keep double for the Sheffield United game, but I think you can lose Trent after that, and it is scary. But I, I think we shouldn't focus on what Trent has done in previous seasons. I think we should focus on what we've seen in the first five game weeks, and he's not passing the eye test. It was very clear in that game against Everton. When you watch Liverpool attack, Robertson's always in the picture. He's always near about you know thereabouts the box. Whereas if you look on the other side, Trent was very rarely there. It was Henderson who was playing on the right wing, where you would expect to see Trent Alexander Arnold. So he's playing a lot deeper. 
Whether that's due to fitness reasons, we don't really know. Robertson, we know he's a machine when it comes to fitness. Um, I would love to know what Robertson has for breakfast because we should all start having it. So yeah, for me, it's it's simple. I think you keep Robertson. I think one Liverpool defender is enough. Trent is not worth it at the moment, so I'm probably looking to sell him uh, unless things drastically improve in the next week or two. And I think going without any Liverpool defenders is absolutely fine as well. I think if you don't have Robertson... You don't necessarily need to go and buy him. Um, so yeah, for me, it's not worth it at the moment. Van Dijk, Van Dijk being out is absolutely massive. I mean, he's the best centre-back in the world. It's going to have a massive impact on their defence. Next question from Rhino FPL. Ramsdale to Martinez? Question mark. Nice simple question here. And I think it's a simple answer. Yes, do it in a heartbeat. Ramsdale has been a bit of a disaster. I thought paying the extra 0.5 for him would be worth it, but Sheffield United have been poor defensively, no clean sheets yet, and now seems like a good time to fix the problem because Ramsdale plays Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea next. You're looking at, most likely, you're looking at six points there, you know, two points in each game. Yes, he could get a penalty save. Yes, he could rack up a lot of saves or there could be a surprise clean sheet in there, but most likely, no clean sheets in the next three for Ramsdale. Whereas Martinez, on the flip side, Villa look great defensively. Martinez is, is looking very good um, as a starting goalkeeper. Martinez is looking like the best FPL goalkeeper this season. So I think if you can get from Ramsdale to Martinez for a free transfer, it's an easy move to make. Now, it's annoying that the price difference is not much anymore. They're basically the same price now. Ramsdale has dropped to 4.9. Martinez went up overnight to 4.8. So there's only 0.1 million in the difference now. But that wouldn't come into play what I would, what you're doing there is you're you're fixing a problem in your team. You're getting rid of a weak link, which is Ramsdale, and you're getting yourself a very good asset who is highly owned in Martinez. So I'll come back to that when it comes to my transfers, because I may even take a minus four for a goalkeeper transfer this week, which is unheard of in my playing days in FPL. Um, but yeah, I'll come back to that when it comes to transfers. Uh, Martinez as well. You know, on the flip side, Ramsdale has horrible fixtures. Martinez has very good long-term fixtures. And I've just noted down here, he is the best goalkeeper in FPL so far this season. Uh, and I can see that continuing as well. He feels like the Nick Pope of this season. So I think if you can get to him soon, do it, because his price is only going to go one way. Next question came in from Blahavis91. Who is the best Van Dijk replacement? Yeah, so for anyone who does have Van Dijk, where do you go in terms of a replacement? I said in, in question one there that I wouldn't go out and buy Robertson, but I think if you have if you have Van Dyke and you've got a bit of cash, I think Van Dyke to Robertson. I still like that move, even though you know those two players are missing for Liverpool. I still expect Robertson to deliver plenty of points. Uh, the other options: Lucas Dean at Everton. If you're happy enough to have a defender who has Pickford playing behind him, Lucas Dean did look very good in that Merseyside derby, putting in great balls to Calvert Lewin. Chilwell as well at Chelsea. It's the same issue here. You know, they're probably not going to get many clean sheets, but Chilwell looks very good going forward. And I mean, clean sheets are very hard to find this season anyway. So I think Lucas Dean's a good option. Chilwell's a good option. I mentioned Regulon already. I think he's another option. The other option from Van Dijk is just take your money out of defence and drop right down to an Aston Villa defender, Target or Consa. And or a Leeds defender I still like Ailing or Dallas I think Ailing passed the eye test more so than Dallas in that Wolves game so maybe go for Ailing or Lamptey is always an option um, so yeah I think that's probably the most likely thing I would do rather than Lucas Dean, Chilwell or Regulon I'd probably go from Van Dijk to a 4.5 million and then just use the cash in midfield or up front 
Question from Demi. Who is the best mid-priced midfielder? And also, who is the best forward in the 6.5 million price bracket and below? So, I think best mid-priced midfielder... Um, I've actually forgotten to go and look at, at the options here for this question, so I don't have any notes here. Off the top of my head, best mid-priced midfielder at the moment, probably Jack Relish, given Villa's fixtures and the way he's been playing this season. Uh, best forward in the 6.5 million or below price bracket. I've looked at my watch list. The only forwards on my watch list who cost less than 6.5 million are Callum Wilson, Mikhail Antonio and Ollie Watkins. Now, by process of elimination here, Antonio has two very tough fixtures coming up and he has a hamstring worry as well. He was taken off as a precaution at the weekend. Wilson plays for Newcastle, which is not a great thing. And then you've got Watkins, who plays for Aston Villa, who are playing very well. So I think by process of elimination, I would say Watkins is the best option there of the 6.5 million or less strikers. Now, there is one other striker who's less than 6.5 million on my watches and that is Rian Brewster so I think if you're playing with three strikers you want to go with Watkins but if you're happy to play a 4-4-2 formation or a 3-5-2 formation so just two strikers and one striker on the bench this is where you want Brewster Brewster I think is fine as a first sub I'm not ready to put him into a starting 11 in FPL so yeah that's the way I would go Watkins if you're playing 3-4-3 or Brewster if you're playing with two strikers. Question from Funfest Sutton. With the likes of Aguero and Gundawan returning and many going without, could now be the time to jump on Manchester City assets? So I said I would come back to Aguero in the question section and here it is. So Aguero is returning. Do I have much interest in Aguero right now? The answer is no. I've got very little interest in Aguero actually because... He usually does take a bit of time to come back to his top level. Uh, and it was a pretty nasty injury. This one I think was a knee injury. So it's always a bit of a concern that one. We've seen that with Mendy, his teammate. You know, he always breaks down. So, you know, Aguero could end up breaking down at some point as well. Hopefully not because, you know, we love Aguero in FPL. Gundogan, I certainly wouldn't go there. Uh, he's not really an FPL option. But I think the big thing about Aguero is the main reason I'm not interested is because of one guy, Harry Kane. They're a similar price and it's quite unlikely that you're going to go for the two of them in terms of team structure. If you've got the likes of Salah and a couple of other expensive midfielders, it's quite hard to go with two you know, 10 plus million strikers. It could be the way to go. You know, I'm not going to say you shouldn't do that, but for me and for many others, if you've got Harry Kane now or if you're thinking about getting Harry Kane this week, um, I think it's a no-brainer this week. People will be you know, trying to decide between Aguero and Kane this week. I don't think you overthink it. I think you get the guy who's 100% fit and firing and he's got three excellent fixtures, Harry Kane. So I would get Harry Kane if you don't have him. I would make him number one priority this week if you don't have him because he's an excellent captaincy option. Can you rely on Aguero for captaincy? Probably not. If he's going to get 60, 70 minutes, there may be games where he's on the bench if Pep wants to keep him fresh for Champions League games. So for me, my interest in Aguero is quite low at the moment, but we know in FPL that can change quite quickly. If Aguero starts game week six, gets a couple of goals, then I will probably be very interested. But for now, Harry Kane is the man up front and he's got the fixtures, the form and the fitness. Question from Jay. What are your thoughts on Kilman at Wolves? He's a 4 million defender who got two starts. Is it a short-term bump or 
Is he a Mitchell replacement with PVA returning? My thoughts on Kilman are I wouldn't buy him because he could easily drop out of the team. Saïs will probably go back to left centre-back and Marsal will probably come in at left wing-back. Now, Kilman's been very good, so he's he staked a claim for a starting spot, but I would be very surprised if he kept Saïs out of the team. Saïs has been excellent for you know a full season and a bit more now. So Kilman, my, my guess is Kilman will drop out, Marsal will play left wing-back, and Saïs will go back to playing centre-back, which is, which is his more comfortable position. So Kilman, the only time I would buy Kilman this week is if I was on a wild card. I would have him as my fifth defender instead of Mitchell. Um, I think if you own Mitchell, you keep him. You don't sell him until he becomes a problem because it might never become a problem. Mitchell could just play the whole season. We don't know that. We don't know yet. PVA is just back from injury. He could break down. Uh, and there, then we have Mitchell you know, as a starter for the foreseeable future. So keep Mitchell if you have him. I wouldn't buy Mitchell because of the threat of PVA. And I would only buy Kilman on a wild card. Question from Tom Digweed. Grealish versus Barkley. Is Grealish worth the extra 1.3 million? Good question. Don't forget John McGinn here as well. It's you know John McGinn has scored 25 points in the last three games, 10, 10, and 5. So McGinn's a very viable option. You know, that he's the cheapest of the three. Do I think Grealish is worth the extra cash at the moment? I would say yes. I'm not ready to trust Ross Barkley just yet. I didn't see the Villa game, but by all means it was a poor game and Barkley was pretty quiet apart from scoring the goal. A great goal uh, it was. Grealish obviously blanked, but I just think the more reliable pick is going to be Grealish. He's playing more he's playing further forward this season. He's the talisman at Aston Villa. You know, when I see when I get a not- notification on my phone that Aston Villa have scored a goal, I expect Grealish to be involved, whether it's a goal or an assist. You know, I don't really feel that way about Ross Barkley just yet. So, yeah, Grealish, I would pay the extra 1.3 for Jack Grealish at the moment. Question from Natai. Is it too late to bring in Calvert-Lewin? It's never too late to buy a good FPL asset. If you don't have Calvert-Lewin and you can get to him easily, buy him this week. Don't be stubborn. Don't think those points are gone now because there could be just as many points to follow with a player like Calvert-Lewin. It reminds me of a couple of seasons ago, I learned the hard way. I think it was when Leicester won the league. I had a very good season, but I didn't buy Jamie Vardy because I kept saying he's not going to keep scoring. He's not going to keep scoring. I think he scored in 11 games in a row or something like that to break a record. Gallo that season as well was the same, scoring every week. I refused to get him because I said this won't continue. And I know there will be people out there now who don't have Calvert-Lewin and they'll be telling themselves, I'm not getting him. His price has gotten away from me. This won't continue, but it could continue. So don't be stubborn, just buy him. Question from FPL Brazil Faulty. Podence looks okay, but he scores very little. Who is the best mid-price midfielder to bring in? Yeah, so I mentioned Podence earlier. I, I own him. Uh, and, and the thing with Podence for me is I've got other issues. You know, I've got Ramsdale. Uh, and I've got a I've got a week starting eleven this week. I've, you know, at the moment before I make my transfers, I would have to start, you know, one of, uh, probably two of actually Taylor, Justin, or Walker Peters who have who all have tricky enough fixtures this week. So I want to focus on improving the strength of my starting eleven. So that will mean um, 
you know, probably getting rid of my, one of my bench fodder, Davis or Burke this week, which I'm going to come to soon when I talk talk about transfers. So for me, I think it makes sense to keep Potence because he's got a good fixture. I just hope that he starts and and finally gets some FPL points. Potence has Newcastle next and Crystal Palace, both at home. So if he starts both of those games, even if he only gets 60, 70 minutes, he should really get something in those games. Um, I've got other fires to fight, as I mentioned, like Ramsdale. So Potence will probably survive in my team. But I think if you're someone who has potence and you don't have any other issues, I think it's fine to sell him as well because I don't like owning him because I was watching that Wolves game on Monday night. Uh, first of all, I'm worrying about the team sheets. I'm worrying if, if Triori is going to start ahead of him. So I survived that one first. But then it gets to half time and you're just waiting for him to get substituted. You know he's going to get taken off after 60 or 70 minutes. So it's it's those are the kind of players you don't really want to own in FPL. You want to own players. You want to be confident that your guy is going to get 90 minutes. So for that reason, Potence probably will leave my squad soon. But it's when I have the opportunity to do so. The final question this week is an important one. The first, It comes in from FPL Pumpkinhead and it says, Have you ever seriously considered quitting FPL? So I'm going to use this question to talk a little bit about fantasy and mental health and just a little bit about life in general. No pun intended there. So the, the the first answer to the question is, have I ever seriously considered quitting FPL? The answer is no, because thankfully I've been able to train myself to manage myself, which is just as important as managing your FPL team. Um, but I have taught, I have taught, you know, over the last couple of seasons, particularly when I, since I started my Patreon and, and I have a lot of one-to-one conversations with, with FPL managers, I've had a lot of pretty tough conversations with people um, about you know stepping away from the game or, or at least taking a break from it when it when it becomes too much and you, and you end up spending too much time invested in it. So before I get into this, I want to thank uh, Cahill at FPL Crypto for, making, for sending me a message and making me aware that there's a lot of people on Twitter these days in the FPL community that are beating themselves up more so than ever and also um, quitting. There's more managers than ever quitting FPL because it's been a crazy start to the season. Now, I don't see this on Twitter because one thing I do, and I think this is a tip for everyone as well, um, I don't follow many Twitter accounts. I follow, I think it's 442, 442, because that's my FPL formation. So that's how many people I follow on Twitter. I've got a bit OCD like that. But even though I follow 442 Twitter accounts, um, I only really follow about 50 or 60 of them because anything I don't find useful or any accounts I don't find useful or anything that just you know, makes Twitter more noisy for me. I just mute them. So when I visit Twitter to look for for FPL content, I, I, I go to the latest section as well. I don't go to top tweets. I go to latest tweets. So every time I go to Twitter, it only takes me three or four minutes to scroll from where I, from the start to where I've been already. So I don't spend too much time, um, you know, get, falling down rabbit holes on Twitter. And I, I avoid the negativity as well. Any negative tweets or negative accounts, I just mute them because then you don't need to see them. So that it, it just makes the Twitter experience a lot more enjoyable. That goes for, for any social media platform, not just FPL related. If you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, you know, don't follow people that are negative um, or, or, you know, just things that annoy you. Just unfollow or mute so you don't have to see them again. Getting back to FPL, it's been a very tricky start to the season uh, and it's there's a lot of managers that have had a tough start and are probably beating themselves up about it. So I've, I've just I've noted down a few things here on, on an A4 sheet of paper, so I'm just going to read through them and expand on some of them. So first thing I've written down here is the Premier League and Fantasy Premier League. It should be a welcome release from all that is going on in the world around us today. 
You've got to find a way to enjoy it if you're not enjoying it at the moment. So it's very important, number one, to recognize if you're not enjoying it uh, and take the steps necessary to find a way to enjoy it. Now, that might be just taking a step back, maybe you know, listening to less podcasts. I'm not going to be offended if you stop listening to me every week if it means your mental health is better. You know, maybe listen to a few less or pick the ones that you you prefer. You know, listen to two or three rather than six or seven. Um, you know, read less content. This week's a good example, actually, of just taking a step away from FPL because there's Champions League and there's Europa League. Log out of the FPL website on Monday. Don't log in again until Friday. Go away, enjoy your week, whatever you're up to. Enjoy the Champions League games. Um, something I'm doing is I'm not playing Fantasy Champions League because I feel it would just be adding that you know, I'm already playing too many fantasy games. I play FPL, Sky, and I'm playing Scotland as well. So Champions League would be just too much for me. So don't be afraid not to play games because it, it frees your mind and you can enjoy the Champions League games more then without that having those fantasy glasses on. A couple of other things written down here. Forget about your rank. Forget about your mini league rank. It's only game week five. And more so, it's just a game. Those numbers are just numbers on the page. You know, don't let them impact your daily life. Uh, don't let it impact your mood and your behaviour, particularly at the weekend. If you find that FPL is impacting your mood at the weekend, do what I do. Switch off your phone for the day and watch Match of the Day at night time and enjoy your day without the roller coaster of emotion. If you've had a tough start, view it as a challenge and set small weekly and monthly targets. If, you're, if, if you haven't had the start you've, you've, you'd hoped for, start with Game Week 6. Set a target of points for game week six, then do it for game week seven. Maybe set yourself a target for where you want to be at Christmas time. If you're ranked four million or five million right now, set yourself a target of 100k or or 50k at the end of the season. And if you can get yourself from four million to 50k, that is a massive achievement. Uh, And it'll be very, very rewarding, almost as rewarding as finishing in the top 10,000. Basically, I've had to train myself over the years not to take it too seriously. I've always been guilty. Go back four or five years and I'm the same as many people are now. If I've had a tough start to the season, I'm down in the dumps. I'm beating myself up about it. I'm blaming myself. But I think you know it's it's important. You've got to manage yourself as well as you manage your FPL team. Uh, I've mentioned already, recognise when it's time to take a step back. And don't be afraid to take a break if you need it. Don't be afraid to just write off the season. Quit FPL, go back to enjoying the Premier League for what it is because it's been a fantastic season so far. Watch the games without FPL, come back fresh next season. Don't be afraid to do that. If if your mind is telling you that that's the thing you need to do, don't ignore it. Do what is right for yourself and for your mental health. If you're spending too much time invested in FPL, take the, the necessary steps to fix that. I've already mentioned that. A big thing as well in this kind of crazy season, I mentioned this on some of the earlier podcasts this season, focus on the decision-making process, not the outcome, and avoid going on tilt after that. So you can make all the best decisions in the world. You can pick a great captain. You can pick 11 great players, and they could score 25 points between them this weekend. That doesn't mean you've made bad decisions or you've got a bad team. The temptation then for people is to try and address that, take a couple of hits, maybe be a bit creative with the captaincy choices, avoid that. F- go back, focus on the decision-making process before the game week started, rather than what happened in the actual game week. Important to remember, we are trying to predict the unpredictable. Football is an unpredictable sport. Always remember that, especially when things don't go your way. Uh, just to sum this up, 
And getting away from FPL a little bit, you know, it's it's tough times for all of us uh, with COVID. Uh, we're all, a lot of us are probably heading towards lockdown again. I know my, my fellow Irish back at home, I was talking to my family over the last few days, they have gone into basically complete lockdown again. And it's it's everything, It's always worse when it happens for a second time and it's worrying going into the winter months. Like I said, Premier League and FPL, it should be a nice release for us. We can watch games and, and forget about everything that's going on while those games are on. So try and try and view that. When you sit down to watch a game, even if you've got a couple of players and tell yourself, I'm going to enjoy this game no matter what because I'm just happy to have Premier League in my life right now. Think back to March, April, May, June when we didn't have Premier League and how awful that was. Appreciate having it during these tough times. Uh, a couple of things as well. I don't want to ramble on too much. I don't want to lose. Uh, I don't want to have people switching off before I get the captaincy and transfer. But I think this is very important. In terms of life in general, Things I do that I find useful and helpful with my mental health, because I've struggled myself. I had, you know, even just two weeks ago, I had a very tough couple of days. I found it very hard. Things just starting started to get to me. I'm very lucky that I work full-time in FPL, but it also has its downsides because I spend all day, every day, at home, alone, with my own thoughts. I don't see enough people. You know, I'm craving, FPL, I'm craving for the time when COVID disappears to get out there and, and start meeting more people and have more FPL meetups and stuff like that just to get to know more people. The what what do I do to help myself? The main things I've always found are you know don't be if you need if you need help go go and go and talk to someone talk to your family talk to your GP. I've had counselling myself in my teenage years. I've had it more recently as well, and it's it's you you, you won't believe how much it helps you. Um, even just little things. If you're having a bad day, tell someone you're having a bad day. Tell your wife. Tell your family. Um, tell a friend that you're just feeling down today and have a chat, and you'll feel one hundred times better. Sleep is very important. Try and get eight hours sleep every night. Um, exercise doesn't have to be a lot. Get out for a half an hour walk today. Talk to people. I've I've been guilty in the past uh, of not of not talking to to people. You know, just not making those phone calls that I said I would. Call your family often. Call your friends often. Um, have a have a you know a family Skype or a friend Skype. You know, with technology these days, it's very easy to do so. Um, what did I say? Sleep, exercise, talk to people often. Um, Manage how much time you spend on devices. This goes for FPL as well, Twitter, Reddit, Slack channels. I use an app called Stay Focused. It's a it's a free app. You can block a few websites and apps or it only lets you on at certain times of the day, which is very good. Meditate. I use the Calm app, which is excellent. There's a lot of free ones as well. Meditation, 10 minutes every day makes a huge difference. Yoga. I've been doing yoga for quite a while. I don't do it as often as I should. Get on YouTube, look up Yoga with Adrienne and it will change your life so again i want to get back to fpl now but very important if you're feeling it these days as many of us are talking talk to people talk to your family talk to your friends and talk to your gp don't ignore it uh, and there's always there's plenty of people out there who are willing to listen and, and and people who care as well even though it may not feel like it so thanks to cahill for sending me that and and um you know that's the most important part of this podcast fpl is not important when it comes to mental health. Mental health should be number one. Back to FPL, captaincy and transfers for game week six. Captaincy, who are the best options this weekend? Looking at the fixtures, I think it has to be 
One of Salah or Mane against Sheffield United. Son or Kane away to Burnley. The only other one I've noted down here is Raul Jimenez at home to Newcastle. But the way Wills have been playing, they haven't been scoring too many goals. So I think I'd probably sway away from that one. Focus on the Liverpool and Spurs guys. I've got Salah and I've got Kane. The armband is currently on Harry Kane. He's just on fire and Spurs are on fire. Uh, and I would fancy them to score a few past Burnley. Salah could take it off him before the weekend, but I'll come back to that on Thursday or Friday after the European games. In terms of transfers, what are my options? I've got one free transfer this week. The most obvious one would just be Ramsdale to Martinez free transfer. But like I said, I've got a week starting 11 because of those cheap 4.5 million defenders having tough fixtures this week. So I've got the cash from last week so I've got 1.9 million in the bank. That will allow me to move to a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2 formation this week. So the two options, get rid of Davis, my 4.4 million striker, and get Watkins. I could get Antonio, but I think I prefer Watkins at the moment for the reasons mentioned earlier. The other option is go 3-5-2, get rid of Oliver Burke, who's my cheap fifth midfielder, and I could replace him with Barkley, McGinn, Trossard or possibly even Lukman but probably not going to go down the Lukman route so in terms of those two options to me the most attractive one is Watkins rather than Barkley or McGinn I do favour the going for the striker there in that Aston Villa setup rather than Barkley or McGinn so that would move me to 3-4-3 now that would still leave me with Ramsdale so that's why I'm considering a minus four I may take a minus four this week and effectively it would be for Ramsdale out for Martinez. The way I would look at it is, I don't think I've ever taken a minus four for a goalkeeper, and I often advise people not to do so. But if I look at it, Ramsdale next three games, what do I expect him to get? I expect him to get two, two, two. Martinez over the next three games, if he was to get one clean sheet, you know, in the next three, that would be six, and that would be 10 points. So straight away, that would be the hit evened out. But over the long term, you know, I would have Martinez right up until at least until my first wild card, which is probably looking like it's going to be game week 16 for me, the last time that you can use it. So that's a lot of game weeks. It's probably about 10 game weeks. So owning Martinez over Ramsdale for the next 10 game weeks, do I expect Martinez to outscore Ramsdale by more than four points over that period? Absolutely, yes. So I think that's why the minus four can be justified here in terms of Ramsdale to Martinez. So I may end up doing it. It fixes a weak link in my team. So most likely potents will stay because it makes more sense to sell a non-playing player like Davis or Burke this week. There's a good chance I'll take the minus four for the goalkeeper, but I'm not going to give my transfers too much more thought until after those Champions League games. But I definitely won't be banking a transfer this week. Thanks as always for taking the time to listen folks. If you enjoyed it, please give it a retweet on Twitter and leave a review. Check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general if you want to hear more podcasts from me later this week. Enjoy the rest of your week folks. Enjoy the Champions League. Stay safe and look out for each other. Good luck for game week six. I'll be back next Tuesday to preview game week seven. (music) 